1: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the West NY Podcast with X. Oi right. oi!
2: Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker. This week I have a chat with Brawley Darbin and Sam Delaney about various West Ham related topics before playing a voice note recording from X and with the help of Mark Carlaw answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. everyone. I hope you're all keeping well. There's never a dull moment with this football club of ours, is there? Let's get some pals on the show to get their faults, starting with the host of the West End Way USA
3: podcast, Brawley Darbin. Brawley, how you doing pal? I'm doing very well, Dave. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a little while since I think the last time we spoke was at Crystal Palace away, so it's good to it's good to finally catch up. As X will you, I don't remember a hell of a lot from Crystal I Palace away, so you probably
2: remember more than I do, but I do remember no, I do. that we uh, we spent some time together as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how time flies. It really is. And it's well overdue, us jumping on the same podcast as well. And thank you for your time, mate. Looking forward to having a chat with you and, and getting some of your thoughts on, once again, what seems to be a bit of a turbulent time for West Ham because quite a lot of fans are getting restless with the lack of signing so far. Others are a bit more relaxed and trust the process.
3: Which side of the fence are you on? Uh, I, to be honest, I probably lay somewhere in the middle of that. Um, it is a bit alarming that we are the only Premier League club to not sign a senior player yet. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a bit alarming. Um, but I'm not panicked just yet. I mean, there's still time in the window. What, I mean, the season starts in, what, 10 days now? Uh, something like that. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, so I am, a, I am getting a, a bit concerned that, um, that we haven't brought anyone in yet. Um, it, it's starting to feel kind of like the January window of uh, a season and a half ago where we really had a shot to push towards, uh, you know, the Champions League places and at least in the Europa League places and where it seems like we're sitting on our hands or we're not really urgent to get anything done. And then we ended up signing nobody. I mean, if we end up signing no one, that'll be an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I, I do think we, we will bring players in and I, I, I do think that, uh, by the end of the window, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll be, um, at least satisfied with the business that we've done.
2: I mean, I'd say that I I pretty much agree with you in terms of how I feel on the timings of it. It's not as if there's one day left of the transfer window, but my biggest concern Mm. is this merry-go-round that seems to be in the office at West Ham that even involves some sort of a voting system on targets. I mean, I don't know how much you know about that, but my biggest concern really is not that we haven't signed anyone, it's why we haven't. And I just think that there's serious politics involved and possibly too many chefs in the kitchen that is causing a delay too, what is arguably our most important transfer window in recent history? So that's my biggest concern. What do you make of the whole dynamic, really, between David Sullivan, David Moyes, Tim Stite, and Rob Newman, who's still there? I don't know what mm. he's doing with his time, yeah. by the way. But
3: it's a bit baffling and surely a little bit counterproductive, no? Yeah, it's it's alarming. Um, my point on my show that 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 I did, we had um, myself, Nick, and Tony Clark on our most recent show. And my major point that I made is what is the point of David Moyes still being in the job? If you're not going to bring in the players that he wants, there's no yep. point to him being here. He nice. either needs to be gone or you need to back him. There's no if, ands or buts. There's no in betweens. Uh, and, and if the, if the manager wants the likes of James Ward prowse Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay, you have to at least. You know, negotiate to a point where you're 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 offering a reasonable amount, not just laughable um, amounts, as we have seemed seemingly so far for um, the three of them. And whilst I wouldn't be over the moon with any one of those signings, I mean James Ward Prowse, actually, I would be, you know, act- at least excited about. I think he's someone that under David Moyes will thrive and you'll see the best of a guy like James Ward Prowse under a David Moyes system. Um mm-hmm. but if if we're, if we're not going to bring them in and we're going to bring in the guys to tighten once or Sullivan once, what's the point of him being here? There's yeah. is is if it's only to save a pound note cuz you don't want to pay him off early, then that's a joke. If it's um because he disagrees with the philosophy of the other two then wh- why is he still there in the job just sack him and and be done with it shake hands and and part ways i i just don't understand the logic i i have a bit of um i mean i wouldn't say a bit of a theory i just have this idea that You know, David Sullivan thinks that Moyes can get us through the season under the players that him and Stiton bring in, and he'll be good enough to keep us up. He doesn't have to pay him off early. We'll finish, you know, 14th again, 13th again, be all right. And then... Styron brings in a manager like uh, Javi Alonso from Leverkusen, and, and I think he's looking to bring in the next manager personally. That's what I think, and uh, the the power struggle is a joke. I just think it's it's baffling. It's our transfer system has always been kind of a joke to me. I don't understand the scattergun approach, and um, I we've had long conversations with X about it, and it's just it's it's kind of it's it's alarming. Um, and this this little three man four man voting system um, <laughs> for the players is just kind of laughable to me I don't know about what you think I just think this football club never ceases to amaze me I mean (laughs) look credit
2: where credit's due when it comes to the Declan Rice negotiations I think David Sullivan smashed it I think to get the money that he did on the terms that he wanted he did very well but that's Mm. as far as I can credit him now I genuinely feel and I felt like this for a while that David Sullivan is the problem and he is holding this football club back and yes on the back of winning the European trophy David Moyes kept his job um but it's like you're saying, why? Like either back him or sack him. You yep. know, if you're if you're gonna keep him in the job, first and foremost, give him a contract extension because yep. keeping him on one year doesn't show any faith or no. any belief in him whatsoever. And then I don't I don't know what discussions had taken place in the arrival of, of Tim and whether David Moyes was happy with it, whether he wanted it, whether he had a say in it, I don't know but you've just got the most illogical setup there. And I'm sure that there are conference league clubs with a more logical strategy when it comes to transfers than West Ham. If you're going to keep David Moyes in the job, then you've got to trust the process with David Moyes. That means whatever players he wants to make his system work, you have to back him and you have to bring those players in. If Tim Stighton is saying, well, I actually I think there's better players out there and David Sullivan's in agreement with that. Then he's giving David Moyes players that ain't going to fit into his, his system. Then before you know it, we've got another Sebastian Allaire on our hands that is a great yep. player but isn't playing the way that David Moyes wants to play. And and I've got to be yep. honest, everyone knows how I feel about David Moyes. I, I love the fella, but I think he should have gone quite a while ago at West Ham. I can't help but feel really sorry for him because I think he's in a no-win situation. If if he has to sign players that he doesn't believe can deliver what he wants those players to deliver, then He's on a hiding to nothing and he'll yep. probably get sacked and lose his job and then lose his bit of credibility when it comes to finding a job elsewhere. And then if it does work out for him, then Tim Starton's going to get all the credit for the recruitment. And, uh, and, and when it comes down to this voting system, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest, Brawley. I, mean, I think we're on mm-hmm. the same page with this. If you're David Moyes,
3: would you be tempted to walk? Do you think it's that bad? Uh, I mean, if if I were David Moyes, yeah, pro- possibly. If if I'm that offended by what what's been going on, I I I just don't know really what I would like to know really what David Moyes thinks of all of this. And you know, he's going to give he's going to give straight you know media trained answers most likely. But I think you can mm. read between the lines a bit um, when you know. I think was was it after the last Australian game? I'm not sure when it. Maybe it was maybe it was before the Rens game. I'm not sure. But David Moyes um, kind of was starting to already pull out excuses saying, oh, well, we've been in Australia and the senior boys haven't been able to get with the first team. And, um, you know, you can tell he wasn't happy about the Australia trip. And he says, we've got bids in for loads of players, but not sure what's going to happen. And you can kind of read between the lines that I don't think he's very happy about it. Um, you know if I were David Moyes, would I consider walking? yeah, possibly if if I was that put off by by the system of if I felt like I'm being that undermined, but that would be playing right into David Sullivan's hand, I think, um in the fact that if he walks, he doesn't have to pay him off. Uh, and I'm sure David Moyes, you know, would want every bit of, every bit of money that he can get. Although that being said, his stock's probably never been higher, um, Mm. after a a trophy winning season. Although we did finish 14th. He, he won his first piece of silverware. So I have no doubt that he would land another Premier League job if he were to leave us tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It it just all depends on how, how far he thinks he's being undermined really and if if I, I mean maybe you know if they don't bring in any players or any of his players by what's the end of the window the 31st of august the 30th of august um maybe you do say you know what enough's enough and i'm out of here but that, i mean that's that, we'll we'll see what happens the next month i think we've got about a month to to really see how this plays out
2: yeah um, it's just so much unwanted negativity all the time. But why is it oh, as West Ham yeah. fans, we can't just enjoy a, a bit of positivity with some longevity? Do you know what I mean? We've just won yeah. a European trophy. We're all buzzing and now we get handed this shit sandwich that there's so many politics involved with signing players that we desperately need on the back of losing our best player and our captain. It, yep. It's just, it's just the West Ham way isn't it really, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel a bit of a loss of it at the moment. Like I say, we've got time on our side. But I just don't know how this resolves itself. And again, you look at the dynamics of transfer discussions. I'm old school in the sense that I believe the manager should control everything. And if Tim Stighton's come in, I think Tim should be working for David Moyes, not with him or above him. I think he has to come in and say, right, David, I've got vast knowledge of the European market. Tell me what players you need and why and I will go and find those players. Not, I have a vast European um, knowledge of uh, the market, Um and I reckon that these players are top-quality players that could develop into really, really top-quality Premier League players. Try and make them work. It shouldn't work like that at all. And like I alluded to earlier, Rob Newman what's his purpose at West Ham now you know is he being undermined is there like I say too many chefs in the kitchen Um, and then of course you've got David Sullivan what is the right answer if you're David Sullivan does he go with um, Tim Stighton potentially uncovering diamonds in the rough to then sign for 5 million and later sell for 40 million pound but then run the risk that they won't perform in David Moyes' system or do they go with what David Moyes wants which from my understanding is more of a British core Premier League experienced players that are more likely... To bring success to West Ham in the short term in terms of results, Mm -hmm. because he'll have those players that he believes can deliver against it. And then what's Rob Newman doing (laughs) amidst all these conversations? Where does David Sullivan go with it? And and, and he probably doesn't even know himself, which is why he's brought in this fucking ludicrous idea of voting. And (laughs) let's say, let's say it's, you know, three votes to one against David Moyes. How dejected, how dejected do you feel about that? And I I, I would not be surprised if he walked.
3: I really wouldn't because if I was him I'd be very tempted to um, yeah it, I, I just it. think I think they're really setting him up to fail this season if they don't bring in the guys that he wants and and, yes. and yeah and what what's the point I mean if mm. if 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 you just want him to go then then you you have to add, i mean what's it going to cost hmm. to sack him surely it can't cost that much to sack him at this no, point no i
2: don't think so and, and,
3: and but i think that's got to be the only reason you're hanging on to him if you're not going to bring him in the players that he wants i mean and and then they'll say oh yeah we tried david sorry we tried we put in all these these bids you know 20 mil for maguire uh 20 mil for uh james ward prowse you know 30 mil for mctominay like and and you know those numbers aren't going to get you anywhere near uh what what Th- what's actually going to get you the player? Now, I'm mm. not saying Harry Maguire is worth 50 million pounds at all. If I'm David Sullivan, I, you know, I would say, hell no, I'm not paying 50 million pounds for Harry Maguire. At the same time, you have to do your damnedest to try to get him in at a reasonable price, uh, mm. and, and do everything that the manager wants. And then you're right. I'm in the same school of thinking as you. If, if, um, Steiton was brought in he's working he should be working for David Moyes and have a list of alternative targets that are similar to a Harry Maguire that mm. you can, you can bring in as a, a list of alternatives you know what I mean so yeah. it's it's I I'm <laughs> I just I go back to the fact of like why is he still here if you're not going to give him the players that he wants you're setting him up to fail and I would be shocked if he last passed october November December time if I'm honest and and well and again it's hard to say now because we the transfer window is still open, so I don't know what what is gonna be brought in, so it's hard to give any predictions on the season um until you know what players that we actually have, but if it stays like this or we bring him one of his players and you know three of Styton type players um i i don't see him lasting uh past you know fall uh maybe early winter um but that's just that's just me and and i you it would be it wouldn't be on david Moyes really um because you're not bringing them in the players that he wants so it's it's a bit of a conundrum that they've got there uh but just again why why is he still here then (laughs) Mm. that's what it all comes back to Mm, It does. You're spot on, mate. I absolutely agree. Well, let's just
2: pretend for one second that we are actually run properly, like a proper professional football club. Mm. And you've heard the list of targets that we have been linked with. Um, X, you know, reveals who they are every single week on this show. Out of all the names that you've heard
3: us linked with, who do you hope we get over the line? I think I said it earlier. James Ward Prowse for me is the one. Um Again, if David Moyes is the manager, that's the guy that I want. That I think makes us a better team going forward. He he. You even saw in the. I don't know if did you get to see any of the Ren game yesterday? I didn't actually. Uh, so. We scored from a set piece, shocker. So the one goal that we scored was from a corner. Um and you can see we're still very reliant on set plays to 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 create chances. Uh, I think Pakita had a great game. But I think if you bring in um a James Ward prowse for all of those corners and free kicks and penalties, uh I think that makes you a better side. And whilst he's not a skimaka, he's not a Paqueta, um, I think a James Ward Prowse makes a David Moyes team a much better team, especially with no Declan Rice in the fold. So that would be the one that of all the names that I've, that I've heard us linked with, um, that I would be most tempted to bring in. Um, now, you know, in, you also, you look at like, what, what's the guy from Man City? We're about to sign the kid. Uh, Borges, Borges. Yes. uh, Borges, I think. Yeah. And that's, that's surely not a David Moyes signing. There's no, there's no way David Moyes wants that kind of player. It's shocking to me that we're willing to pay 14 million pounds for uh, a kid who I've never heard of. And, um, but, but we, we won't do, you know, the, the 30 million for the proven James Ward Prowse, who's, um, uh, <laughs> you know, been tearing up the Premier League for three, four, five years now. So I, I'm just baffled at, at the strategy right now. And again, I think it comes down to, um, you know, Sullivan trusting, Styton more than he trusts Moyes, which is kind of backwards to me. But um yeah, I that uh, but yeah, a long way around I'm I'm rambling. James Ward prowse is a guy that I that I want more than anyone at this point. It's interesting because this isn't
2: this isn't any form of ITK news or anything like that. It's just my opinion when I break it down and I look at the type of transfers that I think David Moyes wants. So not Tim starting but David Moyes. Yeah. And I look at it and I think personally I think we're quite weak in the fullback areas, even though Emerson actually, towards the end of last season, grew surprisingly in that left-back role, even though I think he's traditionally a a left-wing back. Mm. Um, But I do think that our fullback areas are quite weak. And I think, looking at it, the way this could work, and possibly the way David Moyes is thinking, is he could go to a potential back three, So Mm. if you added Harry Maguire alongside Zuma and Aguard as a central back three, that's a solid back three pair in that. And then I think the one concern that seems to be over James Wall Prowse is possibly his mobility. He's not necessarily the quickest, the most agile. But then if you stuck a a a Scott McTominay just in front of that back three, who did all the running for Wall Prowse and Paqueta, that yeah. would free Wal Prouse up to do what he does best, which is which is passing, he's got good vision, good good range of passing, and obviously be there for set pieces. And then obviously yep. Lucas would have more of a, a free licence to get forward then as well. So that makes total sense. So when you look at the free signings that I would imagine David Moyes has tabled, that is the kind of approach that I think he would take um tactically. And I could 100%. be wrong. But that would make sense because then obviously you're, you're also alleviating the issue that you potentially need new fullbacks. You wouldn't need new fullbacks if you brought in a Harry Maguire to sit in the central back three with a Scott McTominay doing all the running, giving free license to the central midfielders. So um, I would personally, I'd be happy with any of those signings. I, I echo what X says on this show. You know, if, you, if you've played for Man United consistently and oh, you yeah. represented your country, you're no mug and you're probably good enough to play for West Ham. My biggest yep. problem when you look at Harry Maguire is how much motivation is there from Harry to come to West Ham, to leave Man United? Um, What's the real hunger and motivation for him to
3: drop to West Ham? That's my only concern. I, I think I think the motivation is to get out of the spotlight a bit because that's there, there's mm. no more pressure you can be under than playing at Manchester United in England. I don't mm. think there's any mm. any more pressure you can face, and especially when you 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 play so consistently for England as well. I mean, those are probably the two most pressure ridden uh jobs in the world: is playing for Man United in England with the the English media. So I think. Uh, there is motivation for him. If he's not going to be playing at Man United, we still offer European football. Um, the, the, the wages, you're probably going to take a bit of a pay cut, but I think I would think if you're, if you're Harry Maguire and you want to re- resurrect your career, um, West Ham, there's no better place to go than West Ham. There, there's no pressure on you from, from, you know, the English press and you can um play in europa league football and prove that you still got it and you, and you you're not just um a a you know a calamity waiting to happen I, I think i think it makes all the sense in the world from harry maguire i mean we we'd have to ask him if <laughs> obviously if he'd be willing to you know take a pay cat and come down to london but um i think you either come to a west ham where you're still playing in european football and you'd be guaranteed starts week in week out or if you're harry Maguire, you got to get out of the country and go play in italy or spain or germany or something and Ooh. then really get out of the spotlight because then uh, you you know we rarely ever hear of the english players outside of you know england playing in italy and germany so that that for me is where what would make most sense for him and i think personally he would be motivated to play for us as long as he um is getting the game time that he that he thinks he should be getting and I think we would give it to him I think we'd start him every single week I think we would play play a back three as long as a Gerd and Zoom are fit and I'm, that's a damn good back three if you ask yeah. me yeah yeah it is without question I mean the, the one player that we haven't kind of
2: broken down as such and it is a name that keeps coming up and also divides opinion amongst the West Ham fan base
3: is Scott McTominay mm. how do you feel about him? I I don't know what to make about him. If I'm honest, I, I I said last week I was going to do a bit more research on him, um, but I, I go right back to what you just said: is if you, if you're playing regularly for your country and playing regularly for Man United, you can't be a shit player. I mean, there's got to be no. more there. there you, there's got to be more than just a a bang average player there. That that you know. West Ham fans seem to think he, that he is. And to be honest, I kind of thought that as well. Cause you know, he just doesn't do anything. I don't think he does anything really sexy. Um, that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't dribble like, you know, Declan Rice does, but Ooh. I think he does do more of the gritty work that Declan did, um, cleaning up the messes in behind, defending set pieces, um, you know, defending right in front of that back four, back five. I, I, I think he's pretty good at that from what I understand and. To be honest, that's kind of what we need. I think, I don't Ooh. think you can replace Declan with, with one player. I think you replace him with a defensive player like Declan Rice and more of an attacking midfielder like James Ward prowse And that's kind of how you bridge the gap between Declan and, um, you know, new signings. I think th- those two would actually be pretty good. So I think, I think I really do want Scott McTominay. Again, I don't want to be, um, you know, absolutely spending our half of our budget on, on McTominay, I don't think, but if you can get him for a reasonable amount, you know, 30 to 35, I think is probably a fair amount in my head. Mm. Um, then, then you go and get him. If you, if it's going to cost you 50, I maybe not, but it, it's not my money. So I really don't give a shit, but mm. I, I just, I just think that again, if David Moyes wants these guys, you have to do everything you can to be getting them in. Otherwise, what's the point in him being here? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, you know, a lot of people
2: are talking about spending the Declan Rice money. You know, that should be in addition to what. David Sullivan was going to give David Moyes to spend anyway. You 100%. know, I would like to think that, you know, if you look at the Declan Rice money of 105, yes, it's paid over a, a certain amount of time. But if you take that bulk figure, you know, I'd like to think at least we'd add 50 to 60 to that. So in yeah. theory, we should have another 160, 170 million to spend. So yeah. there, therefore, realistically, those targets David Moyes wants, I think that would cover that. But again, you know, we've just got this circus act upstairs that just seems to be doing more harm than good. And I I can't help but think that they're holding us back. And uh, this is my biggest concern. But I talk about concerns. You're you're a a positive
3: fella, Brawl. I mean, how optimistic (laughs) are you about the new season? To be be honest, uh, I think I I didn't do a prediction on my show yet. But uh, I think even with the players that we've got, even if we didn't bring in anyone, this squad should be good enough to not be anywhere near the relegation uh, part of the table. Um So, I mean, that's what and, and maybe that is me being optimistic and blindly optimistic. But I've seen other, I've seen other fans saying, you know, if, you know, if we signed McTominay and Ward Prowse, we're getting relegated. You know what I mean? Like this is so, <laughs> just such, you know, drastic opinions. I think even if we didn't sign anyone personally, the squad's good enough to stay in the Premier League, probably finished, you know, 12th right around there, just slightly upper bottom half of the table. I think we don't need a, a, an absolute, an, we don't need another transfer window like last summer where we brought in seven players. I think. We bring in three or four, Um, you know, maybe one for the future in Borgias and then the three that we just talked about or somewhat, three players like that. I think that that's a pretty good window. I don't think we really need a striker if Skamaka, Ings, and Antonio all stay. Even mm. if Antonio goes, I, I still don't think we need to bring in a striker. Um, I Mubama think I want, as well, Broly. Exactly. I want Mubama mm. to be given more of a chance this year, especially in the cup games in uh, Europe, probably. So I, I don't think we need a striker. I, I do think... You know, a left back, possibly, even if we bring a McGuire, possibly still a left back to play behind Emerson. Um yeah. And, you know, it sounds like more like Crespo staying now. So maybe not. Um, But, you know, I think those three players, a central defender and a couple of midfielders, uh, I think will be pushing right for that top eight again. And that's possibly me being. Too optimistic, but I really think that we're good enough to, as, as it stands to be avoid a relegation battle. And I think if we bring in the right players, we have every right to push for another conference league finish. I really do. I think sixth is probably too, a bit, a bit rich, but you know, that top seven, top eight, I think is where we need to be targeting and, and we need to qualify for Europe. Um, through the league this year, um, and it'd be great if we could qualify for the Champions League through the Europa League and win it. Um, I, I don't, I don't think uh, that I'm I'm there yet. Uh, we'll see what, what we bring in, but I do think we still have a squad deep enough to to push for you know a quarterfinal at least in your in Europe and then push for the Conference League places in um, the Premier League. I really do. Well, Broly, it's been lovely speaking to you, mate, and thank you for coming on. Oh, it's been brilliant. Thank you, Dave. And uh, best, of, best of luck to you for this upcoming season. And uh, best of luck in the Predictions League this year. Cause we're com- I'm coming back for you. <laughs> You've got no chance, son.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about Work. Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Let's go to Sam Delaney from the UIons podcast. Sam, are you into pre-season games? Do they do anything for you? Can you take much from them? Uh, I don't
0: think you can learn much from them. I've been to a few over the years, but only out of sheer boredom. You know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So you go, you, you go out of your mind with West Ham withdrawal. So you end up driving out somewhere, St. Albans or Reading or Borehamwood <laughs> or wherever it might be. You have high hopes of seeing new signings in action. You never get to see them. And yeah, uh, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's a it's a boreathon. But you know, it's, it's
2: something to do in it in the off season. I, mean, I don't really watch cricket to be honest. <laughs> no, you and me both, mate. You and me both. Oh god, that is funny. Well, I know you've been away for a week, and I hope you had a good time. Um, not much has happened really, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. in the in the world of West Ham, uh, which subsequently creates a lot that's happened in terms of speculation, drama, crisis, some people are calling it. And I was just talking to Brawley about the state of our transfer strategy at the moment. What do you make of it?
0: Well, I think, you know, clearly there's no smoke without fire and all of these stories about a transfer committee and the frustrations and conflicts behind the scenes Particularly between this Tim Stuyton and David Moyes. Uh, You know, at first I thought, well, this is just gossip, but there's been, it's been coming from some very reliable sources now. There's a great piece by Jacob Steinberg, and I always sort of think, you know, I know X really respects him as a, as a sort of a source as well. And I thought to myself, this is, this really is a mess. Sullivan should have seen it coming. Um, And it needs sorting because, This is a disastrous summer. And to be honest, you know, if you look at any success West Ham have had over the years, the biggest criticism has always been a failure to build on that. So... You know, in 86, with the summer after that, we didn't really invest in a squad that had come so close to winning the league the year before. We might maybe needed a couple of additions and we could have had a real good push. And instead we found ourselves almost immediately in a relegation struggle. Same thing happened after we, um, we got to the cup final in 2006. You know, there was a, yeah, I think that that was the summer we did get Tevez and Mascherano in, but that was a bit of a kind of kickballer and scramble out of the blue transfer. There wasn't much of a strategy, and we almost went down that year. And mm. I just feel this has similar vibes, you know. We've we've won a trophy for the first time in all those years, and it felt like, you know, yeah, we knew Rice was going, but with 105 million to invest plus all the players we bought last summer, were finally looking like they might have come to fruition after a year of. You know, trying to acclimatize. I thought at the beginning, of summer this is this could be good even without Declan, but now it's an absolute. You know, it's a real mess. We don't know where we're coming or going. There's doesn't seem to be a clear strategy, and the squad and everything about the club it looks weak at the moment, Dave. And mm. you know, I, I hate. I try to always be positive, but the the reality is we will we will struggle this season as it stands. We will struggle because. You know, as you said consistently, you know, through last year and even since we won a cut. You know, let's get it right. We were bad for most of last season. Yeah. We came really close to getting relegated. We were still in the relegation struggle with a few, just a couple of weeks to go, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. we escaped by the skin of our teeth, probably by virtue of there being some much worse teams than us, right? And and this and and what's happened since then is the squad has been diminished. We've lost our our best player, our captain. We've lost some real stalwarts of the squad in the dressing room like Lanzini, and he could be followed by Cresswell and Antonio. So the big voices, the leaders, all going. Two members of the coaching staff. It's It looks like a fucking crisis behind the scenes, to be honest. So I'm not confident, and I really genuinely think that something pretty radical has to change, and soon. Not like in two months. I mean within the next couple of weeks.
2: Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a lot of finger pointing going on, Sam. It, it, should that finger be pointed at one person in particular or or is it a share of the blame? I think that
0: you've got to look at, you know, Sullivan ultimately is presiding over all of this. Mm. And, you know, uh, he should be able to see what the problems are. The problem is, in my opinion, the problem appears to be Moyes. But then you've got to look at Sullivan and think, well, why can't you see this? You know, mm, yeah. a lot of us thought that Moy should have been replaced last season. Okay, if he had been, maybe we wouldn't have won that silverware. So we can't, in retrospect, criticise that decision to keep him on. But to have had that discussion with him after winning the trophy, uh, they had a sit down. Presumably, said, "Look, I'm bringing, I'm bringing in a a, a technical director or whatever. Are you happy with that?" But then also to say, but by the way, you can stay, but I'm not extending your contract and I'm hiring someone to come in over your head on transfers. You know, there's a case there, arguably, for constructive dismissal, you know, potentially at some point. And I think, not to get too conspiratorial, that it might even be that these silly lowball bids for Moy's targets like... 20 million Maguire, 20 million James Ward-Prowse, or even less than that, apparently. Like, I wonder whether or not that's Sullivan being able to turn around to Moyes and go, well, you gave me your targets, and I bid what I thought was fair, and we got turned down. So, you know, it's not my fault, mate. Which means he swerves getting into a situation where Moyes can walk away and then try and sue the club for constructive dismissal, which he could do by saying, look, they brought someone in over my head, they didn't get, they ignored my transfer targets that I put in front of them. They made my job untenable. Sullivan's walking that fine line where he's just about doing enough to avoid a wrongful dismissal case, you know, but he might be hoping that Moyes just walks away. Would he do that just to save Peyton Moyes out on one year's contract? I don't know. Maybe because he, we know from the past he he doesn't like paying managers off. He does everything he can to avoid that, you know. Mm. Um, so he might maybe he's waiting for Moyes to walk away. I mean, you know, the fact that we've lost two senior coaches and and there's like what less than two weeks go to start season, we haven't shown any sign of hiring a replacement. Are we struggling to find people? Do people not want to come and work under Moyes? Do they know he's a dead man walking? I think Sullivan's got to, you know, Sullivan's got to take action here. He's got to... It's the club that's at stake. So if he's not happy 100% with Moyes and he's not 100% certain that he's the guy to take us forward, he's got to take action now. And there'll be people, there'll be... It, you know, I hope he's not worried about people on Talk Sport going. oh, I can't believe West Ham sat their manager after winning their first trophy <laughs> in forty three years. Who do they think they are? Right? Yeah. Well, we can we, we can swallow all that. We know that will come our way. But Sullivan's got to be serious here. If he if he doesn't fancy the manager, he's got to get shot of him because he's not going to get shot of the German bloke. He's only just hired, is it?
2: No. No, it's very true, mate. And it's a very interesting take. I mean, for me, I I found it really confusing as to, you know, David Moyes has just won the trophy. So if you're David Sullivan, I think you've got to do one of two things. You've either got to sack him and then progress with a different manager, or you've got to keep him in the job, but give him a renewed contract because he's kept him in a job on a one year deal. That, to me, doesn't show that you have got much faith in the manager. So you've got to do one or the other, sack him or back him with a new contract, uh, a new war chest, an absolute full backing of the targets that he wants. And it it just seems to me that he's floating in the middle. And there are. It's it's getting to a point now where the conspiracy theories around this now. And uh, honestly, it could just literally only happen to West Ham. Only we could win our first trophy in (laughs) 43 years um, and have the euphoria of that. And then, just literally months later, being a, a crisis—it's—it's it's the West End way, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. I
0: just don't know. People slate Sullivan a lot, right? I, I'm mm. a bit more balanced. I mean, I can see he's—he's he's awful at communicating with the fans. He's got a serious image problem, and yeah. he's made some terrible mistakes, um, not least with the—you know—the the way in which we moved stadiums and—and and the way in which they've kind of tried to cultivate a match day experience at the new stadium, which I don't think anyone's particularly satisfied with and and various other things. You can't get away from the fact, though, we are playing now in a 62,000 stadium that's that's filled every single week. We were in our third season in Europe. You know, we've just developed pretty much from our youth academy upwards, the most expensive player in English transfer history. You know, this has all happened under his watch. We just won a trophy. So mm. when people say, oh, we're the worst-run club in uh, in England, I go, well, have you seen how many managers and crises Tottenham go through? Yeah. I mean, you know, Tottenham are in a, almost a constant state of embarrassing crisis, right? Mm. Chelsea are such a badly-run club, right? that that they've just sold, like they've had to do a fire sale on their entire midfield this summer because last summer they bought a load of players and put them on 10-year contracts on silly wages. Apparently, their American owner was under the assumption until about March or April, I heard this from a good source, that Chelsea automatically qualified for the Champions League every year And therefore, the the Champions League money was guaranteed. So he didn't think that financial fair play would be a problem for them. No. When he woke up to the fact that that wasn't the case and they had to qualify (laughs) and they weren't going to qualify, he had to trigger a fire sale, right? Oh, my God. This was a bloke who apparently, on his second game in, was walking into the dressing room at halftime at Stamford Bridge with a bunch of family friends while Thomas Tuchel was giving a halftime team talk and saying, hey, these are my buddies from the States. I thought I'd bring them to introduce them to all the guys, right? (laughs) So, like, we will focus on David Sullivan and all the silly and incompetent things he does. But let me tell you, there are clubs all over the place being run bad. Look at the glaziers at Manchester United. Look at the amount of money they've wasted and managers they've been through, right? There are messy clubs everywhere. And all I would say is... Sullivan is not the ideal owner. Brady is not the, the ideal sort of co-chair person. That's all for sure. I'm not big fans of theirs. But there are certain things we can point to that represent progress in the time that they've been at our club, right? And um, and so it's not all been doom and gloom. But at the moment, he had a big opportunity to build on where, on where we were at this summer. Right. And like everyone said, we had all this time to plan for, you know, replacing Declan Rice and moving the team on. And it's like they didn't even hire the new bloat until the 1st of July. So we weren't even able to start setting transfer targets or strategies until he had his feet under the table. By which stage, people like uh, Harvey Barnes had already gone. They'd already halfway to Newcastle by then. So it's it's an absolute mess. It, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a hiring, it's a back him or sack him situation. He did neither. He stuck David Moyes in purgatory. And no wonder Moyes, if he's only got one year left on his contract, is going to go want to go for experienced Premier League players. Of course he is.
2: Yeah. Of course he
0: is, because he's only got one year.
2: Yeah.
0: So if he'd been given a four-year contract, it would be much easier for him to say to Tim Slayton, yeah. Great. Go out and get these young players with potential because I've got job security. So I can afford a couple of years to nurture these youngsters, blend them in. And then maybe, you know, like we'll have a decent season this season. Then next season we'll get really good. He'd be happy with that. But with one year on his contract, he's like, no, I need veterans who are going to come in and hit the ground running because I haven't got time for the same situation as last year where it took Paqueta, Agüed carer. It took all these lads, you know, eight months to get up to speed. I can't afford that. And he can't afford it because he'll be out by November if that sort of thing happens again.
2: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's so true. How do you feel about life after Declan Rice, Sam? Because obviously, I know that the recruitment is crucial to the answer to that question. But just how much are we going to miss him, do you think?
0: Well, it's hard to see at the moment. I mean, He was the heartbeat of the team. He never had a bad game. It wasn't the same as when you've got Dimitri Payet and he's the guy who's literally winning games for you like every week. So it's hard to establish with a player like Rice until you see the team how much difference it's going to make. Because what I'm saying is, yeah, Declan Rice was, you know, no one would argue. That he, he wasn't, he, you know, he was, of course, our best player by a long way for at least the last three or four years. Mm. Um, but, you know, he wasn't the sort of player who every game oh, he's it's not like Harry Kane at Tottenham where you're thinking, oh, you know, that earned us. You can actually point to the amount of points he earned you every week because he's a goal scorer and he's an assist getter, you know. So it's really hard to establish, is what I'm saying how how hard it will be to replace Declan Rice until the season starts but um i uh, you know if if we'd gone out and we'd signed some players not just in this position but in other positions as well i'd be thinking that you know this is still a team with a great amount of talent to be honest Paqueta i thought for the last couple of months of last season was better than Rice mm. i do you know i think he was he, he was our best player for the last couple of months and i i predict he'll be our best player Next season, I think he is, an, in, you know, an um, extraordinary... I think we'll struggle to keep hold of him next summer if he carries yeah. on on the trajectory he's on. Mm. And then you've got Bowen, ben Rama. You know, there are good players in this team, but I think there's an atmosphere around the club at the moment that just seems doom and gloom. And you hear references being made by people about that there are a lot of people who want to get out of West Ham at the moment, you know, which mm. is weird considering we just won a trophy and all that euphoria we saw in Prague and then, you know, back in 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 uh, London the next day. You kind of think there was such a feel-good atmosphere and now there's all these hints that people are just like rats trying to escape a, a sinking ship. So there's something rotten there. And um, whether it's Moyes or Sullivan or a combination of the two, I don't know, but something needs changing. And just on rice, I just want to say to you, Dave, obviously I listen to you and X every week and, uh, you know, I'm often nodding along to your take on Declan Rice. I love Declan Rice, but you know, I, I've i said on New Irons, you know, everyone needs to get a bit clear on this, right? And not be too romantic and sort of um, misty eyed about Declan Rice. We're in a relegation struggle and he was talking to a London rival mm. about moving there whilst we were in the depths of a relegation struggle. Mm. And, that that that's just a fact, you know. And he he's he's played a blinder PR wise because yes. he's got this lovely boy next door, down to earth image, right? Mm. Which I don't. I'm not saying he's completely untrue. I'm sure he is a nice guy if, if you meet him and his mm. heart's in the right place. But in terms of his relationship with West Ham, you know. Players have done a lot less and been treated a, a lot worse by West Ham fans. Yeah, sure. And, didn't. and my, you know, I was away with my cousin, who's a gooner, um on the weekend, the transfer actually got confirmed. And he said to me, Oh, well, you know, you can't be too like, pissed off of him. He didn't put in a transfer request. I said, No, he didn't put in a transfer request because if he did, he wouldn't get his, bo- his loyalty bonus when he left. I said, yeah. But he did worse. He, he more or less put one in. Because he made it clear that he just wanted to join Arsenal. He'd spoken Mm. to Arsenal. He'd turned down uh, offers of huge contracts of 200 grand a week. So he'd more or less, he'd done everything but put in a transfer request. And what he got was, he got what he wanted, which he got to go to our London rivals, right? Join them. Plus, we had to pay him a loyalty bonus when he left, right? Mm. Which Mm. is a joke to me. So I don't wish him ill. But I will not be applauding Declan Rice. Do you know, I don't, I'm not interested in Declan Rice anymore or his career. You know, I, tre- I treasure the memories that he created while he was at West Ham, but that's, you know, that's it. Declan Rice, you know, I know what he did and it, and it, you know, he, he, he forced, he forced an exit and not just to anyone. He forced an exit to Arsenal,
2: who are a London rival, which I think makes it even worse, you know. Mate, we are massively on the same page in that respect. And it's yeah. it's actually going to be quite nice to not talk about him anymore because I'm fed up yeah. with talking about Declan Rice, as I know you yeah. are. Um, yeah. but. You know, when it comes to replacing Declan Rice, you can't replace Declan Rice at West Ham because you'll never attract a like-for-like calibre of player. Yes, he's he's light on assists. Yes, he's light on goals. But his actual overall playing consistency, uh, you can't replace him. But what you can do is you can get three or four players for that money and actually become a stronger squad. And that's what we should be doing now. And please God we do before the uh, before the deadline. Where do you think we should be spending that money, Sam?
0: Well, obviously we need at least one centre mid. I would say that a lot of people are cynical about James Ward-Prowse. I think he'd be a really good sign-in mm. because I think, yeah, I would like to see some younger players with potential brought in, but I think there's a balance. And I think we've lost a lot of leaders. We lost Nobes, then we lost Declan. Um Crest could still go so these are like these are like the players who have been the leaders in the dressing room for the best part of a decade all going at once mm. so we need someone who's experienced probably someone who's English uh, someone who's a leader and and James Earl Prouse ticks all those boxes plus you know, he will definitely get you a minimum number of assists every season because his dead ball delivery is up there with David Beckham's. So it's really, I find it baffling that people are so cynical about him. I think it's because a a lot of the younger lads wouldn't buy him on FIFA career mode because on (laughs) FIFA career mode, my son plays FIFA career mode non-stop and I sit and play (laughs) it with him. And it's like, of course you don't sign James Ward-Prowse, he's too old.
2: Yeah, 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 it's so true. This is
0: real life football, right? And James Old Prowse is someone who, for two years minimum, is going to get you loads of goals by delivering corners and free kicks onto the head of your centre backs, which is how Moyes likes to get goals scored, you know? So it's a signing that makes perfect sense. Plus, he's not expensive. Everything about it is is a good idea, in my opinion. Um, but then on top of that, I think that, you know, I think the team needs more pace. I think for a number of years, I've thought that we need two very good full-backs. Um, there's nothing against the ones we've we've already got. You know, I, I really like Koufou. I thought Tilo Kera played well at right-back as well. I think Cresswell's way past his best, but he is a, an absolute legend. And I think Emerson was probably our best player in the final in Prague. Yeah, but I agree. I would love to see two young, dynamic, attack minded, very quick fullbacks because I think the best teams have those nowadays. And we Mm. haven't really had those, uh, anything like that. We've had no threat from those positions in a while. So I'd like to see at least players with potential, even if they're not going straight into the first team, signed in those positions. And I think, you know, we always need a striker because we haven't had a striker who's scored like more than 15 goals in years, have we? No, And so, whether Skamaka goes or stays, um, we need someone. And I don't know who that someone is, but we need someone who's going to come in and be a consistent uh, striker, scoring goals, or at least doing that Antonio role going forward. I've always thought that Mitrovic would be a great fit with West Ham. He's another one that the the lads who play FIFA are not going to get excited by. But (laughs) Mitrovic is a handful He's consistently performed in the Premier League for mm. many years. He plays at a smaller London club who we could definitely pay more wages than. So he would represent a bit of a step up to him coming from Fulham, which is always good. I much prefer that than buying players from the bigger Champions League clubs who, who seem a bit gutted as soon as they turn up, right? <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I don't I don't like that, right? Because they're never going <laughs> to play as well when they come to us because they come and see our porter cabins at yeah. Rush Green. Right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, what have I done? I mean, we've all made job moves like that, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, haven't we just? Right. Right.
0: I remember moving from Five Live to Talk Sport, right? And I saw the <laughs> state of the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> right. right? And it's like, you know, and you sort of think, I don't want those, but someone come from Fulham, plus the other great thing about Mitrovic is, right, is he's is clearly insane. And that yeah. is one thing that we as West Ham fans like in a player. Yes. We like someone who's a bit mentally unstable. Yes, right. And that is Mitrovic. He's got a touch of De Canio's about him, mixed with a touch of like the Anatovic, a little bit of Julian Dix. He's mad. Yeah, he's mad. Yeah, yeah right? we love it. And 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 he and he gets stuck in and he winds up opponents and he nicks ugly goals like Kevin Nolan used to do for us. And I always thought he's the sort of bloke, if he comes to West Ham, the West Ham fans will fall in love with him in five minutes flat. And no, he's not going to score. He's not Mbappe. He's not going to score us like 30 goals a season. Of course not. He might get us 10. But he's the sort of player who would fit in, I think, at West Ham. But it's not. I don't think he's been linked with us for a long time. I think if he leaves, he'll probably end up in Saudi Arabia. But that's just one of those weird sort of pet transfer dreams I've always had in my head.
2: Yeah, and it makes total sense as well. I'm a big fan of his, and uh, when mm. we was looking with him previously, I'd love to have uh, brought him to West Ham, because like you say, I think we've, we've fallen in love with his character. We've always loved a player that gives 110%. Um, yeah. He wears his heart on his sleeve. We love that, and he and he's a good player. Not forgetting, he's yes. a good player. Yeah, Fulham good. have got he's a good, good player there. Um, is David Moyes going to make this work, Sam, or is he a dead man walking? I think he's dead
0: man walking. I don't, I've don't. I've been saying practically since the summer, since Prague, I've been saying I I don't see him lasting beyond November, right? But I'm reassessing that. I'm thinking I was generous in saying that. I think that there is a, a small chance, right, that he could go before the season begins. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going on, but there is something weird going on at West Ham at the moment. There is some sort of political situation, and I can't see... Um, I cannot see David Sullivan asking a bloke who he's just spent ages trying to hire and is presumably paying quite a lot of money and was quite sought after that, which is Tim Stuyton. I cannot see him sacking him within a few weeks. That's humiliating. It's just, mm. it's just, he just wasn't going to do that. I think Moyes could walk. It reminds me a little bit of the last days of Alan Kirbishly where there was clearly conflict between him and the board in terms of players and being brought in and out of the club. Um, I think Moyes could walk and then try to sue the club for wrongful dismissal or he could just be asked to leave. I, t- I think Tim and presumably has his own ideas on young German coaches who he could bring in and who c- he could work in good partnership with. And I think that might be the fresh sort of little reboot that West Ham need to take us on to the next stage and you know we'll always be grateful of David Moyes and what he's done is there is no doubt that he has been one of our most successful ever managers but Mm. things move quickly in modern football it's not like the days when you just kept John Lyle on permanently no matter what (laughs) you know Mm. it's it's different Moyes has been there for quite a long time by modern managerial standards you know Mm. across his two spells and he's achieved a huge amount but the club needs to move forward. And at the moment it is in a, it's in a state of gridlock behind the scenes at West Ham. And that's really dangerous. And if we get off to a bad start, that's it. Then you're locked into another relegation struggle and you're all desperate by the end of September. We're all desperately waiting for the January. Tra- we're looking at the January transfer window already thinking, Oh, we've got to get players in January or we're going down. I don't think we can survive another relegation battle. I think that Sullivan's got to take action sooner rather than later. And if he doesn't have the balls to do it before the season kicks off, I think three, four bad results at the start of the year, that's
2: it, he's gone. Yeah, especially playing that style of football as well, Sam, which I think is important. I think I've said on previous shows, if we're going to play that style of football, which at times can be very negative, can be mundane to watch, and we're winning, everyone's happy. But if you lose playing that style of play, because I personally... I think it's logical to play that style when you're up against the top four or maybe even the top six but when you're playing teams outside of the top six then you should be playing attacking expansive football because we have those players and if he's not doing that at home to Luton Town and we lose the reaction is going to be ten times harder than yeah. if we'd have lost playing attacking, exciting football, and we've had a go. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's a it, mammoth I, I task. John really.
0: that was what it was like when I was a kid. We lost mm. all the time, but you know, you'd yeah. see people like Alan Devonshire, you know, just able to kind of attack teams. And that and it, what was brilliant was you'd often lose, and you'd almost feel smug about the way in which you'd lost. You going, well, of course we lost because unlike yeah. most teams, we went to Old Trafford. And we just tried to go for it. We went yeah. hell for lever and we come unstuck. But that's the West Ham way. But yeah, exactly. He's got he's got very little credit in the bank, like Allardyce, the same situation. You've got little credit in the bank with the fans if you're losing plus you, you you're putting on a miserable spectacle every mm-hmm. week. You know, we could all be watching the Barbie movie on a <laughs> Saturday for a lot less money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And going and watching Moys Ball losing to Luton Town. I mean hopefully that won't happen but you know Lucas Paquetá is a seriously good player I think he's like you know I think this season could potentially see him develop into one of the best midfielders in the Premier League but he's got mm. to be thinking to himself if if his brief is to just basically sit behind the ball and defend which don't get me wrong he's he's good at doing he's, he's you know he's a good defensive player as well as attacking and he, he obviously doesn't mind putting a shift in but he's got to be thinking what am I doing here Yeah, You know, him and Bowen are going to be thinking next summer, sod this, you Mm -hmm. know, relegation battles and just
2: being told only to defend every game. I'm not interested. No, no. I would understand that as well. I would totally understand it. I mean, if we made no signings for the rest of the window and we went into this season with the squad as it is, Sam, who gets the armband?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough one. I think, I suppose... A it but the only reason I'm thinking that is I think he captains Morocco, and you know sent about sent and you got to look who is going to be picked every week. You know, yes. there's not loads of players now who are guaranteed starters. He's one of them if he's fit. You know, Fabianski isn't. You know, certainly Creswell isn't, and Obono is very much like third or fourth choice. You know, Zuma's injured half the time. Sucek, I know, has had it for a few games in the summer, but he's, uh, you know, I think if we do bring in a couple of central midfielders, then he, he, he will not be guaranteed his place in the team every week. So it's really hard to see. Bowen Ooh. doesn't seem like a kind of captain character. Paqueta doesn't speak the language. So I suppose that just leaves a Gwed. But even there, Dave, like we're looking... We're, we're doing a process of elimination. We're not going, oh, we've got this. We've got such a wonderful squad of leaders. It's it's difficult to choose who the best one is. Instead, yeah. we're scrabbling around thinking, well, maybe that Moroccan bloke could do it. We're <laughs> <laughs> like we talking about people teams, on the like,
2: street now, not even in the squad.
0: Is exactly, that who's <laughs> turned up? Oh, it's like when you, it's, like it's a Sunday football and you're like, who, who do you reckon could play in goal? Do you reckon your mate could? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, well, you know, Maybe maybe that Moroccan bloke, can he speak English? <laughs> well, I think he can say the basics. Yeah, let's give it to him and see how it goes. Bloody hell, <laughs> we're champions of Europe. Yeah. We should be in a situation like this. Yeah. We should be yeah. trying desperately to sign bloody Maguire from Manchester United because we need to draft in a captain, yeah. you know, last minute. Because if not, Moyes doesn't know who's going to wear the armband and lead the team out in the first game of the season.
2: Oh, man, what a mess. Isn't it? It's madness, isn't it? Absolute madness. (laughs) Sam, it's always good speaking to you, mate. Thanks for coming on, pal. Absolute pleasure to talk to you as always, Dave. Right, X has an update for us, but it's a recorded voice note, so please excuse the quality of the audio. And also keep in mind that he is eight hours behind us in the UK. So this news is potentially subject to change, as a lot can happen in eight hours. But as we're talking about West Ham United, it probably won't.